Welcome back to the Glacier Guys. Um, my name is Ethan, and my co-host Joey couldn't make it today, but we have a very special guest on today. Um, I'm joined today by head women's basketball coach here at Moraine, president of Moraine Valley Faculty Association, and Moraine Valley Professor of Communications and Speech, Delwyn Jones. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, Ethan. I appreciate you bringing me on board here. No problem. Um, very special guest. This is the first time we've had a coach or a teacher on, so I really appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we could get started with a little bit of your background. Um, in high school at Luther South High School, you were a four-sport athlete. You played football, basketball, baseball, and cross-country. That's correct. You captained your basketball and baseball teams, and then some of the accolades you received were all-conference honors in basketball and baseball. You led the private school league in steals in baseball as a junior. So would you say some of those leadership qualities kind of transitioned into you becoming a teacher and a coach? It did. It was a good experience. We had some very mature players on that were juniors and seniors that I kind of looked up to as well mm -hmm. uh, in each of those sports. Um, getting a chance to the team that won the the Illinois High School Association um, basketball championship that year were very mature. And I kind of watched how they went about their business, how they carried themselves and so forth. And I was just a little mm -hmm. freshman. You know, right. um, names that you may not have heard of, the Tony Martins of the world, the Bob Grays, the Pierre Coopers. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Conley played on that team. Uh, his son's in the NBA right now, Okay, uh, Michael Conley Jr. Mm -hmm. But uh, I watched those guys a lot of times, and, and my coaches, you know, and I look at some of their styles and how they approach things and how they pushed us, but at the same time gave up um, – an impression that they still cared right you know even though they were pushing you pretty hard so mm -hmm. and that helped develop my comp competitive nature you know being able to compete and 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 enjoy different sports and it all comes down to the same type of approach whether it's basketball baseball whether it is football it's, right. you know it's it's that competitive nature and there are things that you do to win there are things that you do that cause you to lose so I try to bring some of that experience to the table. Right. That's awesome that it was able to transition from your high school mm -hmm. playing. Mm -hmm. um, so is this a profession as a teacher and a coach that it's something you knew you wanted to do your whole life? Or did you figure it out a little like later? I kind of figured it out a little later. Um, I actually uh, always enjoy sports. Um, I knew that... Um, I had a pretty good understanding of what it took to win and, and mm -hmm. so forth. But it, at both of these teaching and actually my union work and coaching basketball kind of just snuck up on me. Mm -hmm. uh, different scenarios put me in that position in teaching. I used to be a, in human resources. Right. And that was my background. I also spent some time as an air traffic controller, like a lot of people may not know. Oh, that. really? Yes. And that was interesting. But that was not something I wanted to do for a career. Right. And... I decided I, as a grad student, I was teaching as a grad student. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really enjoyed that. And I didn't know what direction. I had majored in communications. Uh, I was in human resources for a little bit, as I said before. Um, I did some advising over at St. Xavier University with St. Xavier College uh, back in the day. But the one thing that I really enjoyed was teaching. 
So I let my human resource job go and took some part-time jobs, which some people didn't think was a great idea. Mm-hmm. But I ended up getting uh, full-time at Chicago State University. Um, Donda West, she's passed away now. That's Kanye West's mom. Right. Is the one who uh, hired me. I went in and really had a one-on-one interview with her, and um, which everyone told me not to do. You know, send your resume in to HR and wait for a response. But, right. You know, I went against the grain a little bit, and and Donda West was one that hired me full time at Chicago State, and then I eventually got at Moraine Valley and been doing that since 1994. So I've been doing this for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And Bill Finn, whom uh, I got to meet just doing playing basketball in the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, he knows a faculty member, and uh, we developed a pretty good friendship. And uh, when the coach decided not to come back, it was a last minute thing. He asked if I would coach, and I said. Yeah, I thought it was the men's team, but it turned out to be the women's team. And I said, well, I'd do this for a year mm-hmm. and see how it goes. And then I got hooked. Yeah. And now and it's uh, been, what, 21 years? It's been, yep, this this COVID year was the 21st year. Uh, so That's amazing. It's been a good experience. Yeah. It's been a good experience. Yeah. So you said you got hired by Donda West, correct? Yes. Have you had any interactions with Kanye or had a chance to meet him or no? Yes, I got a chance to. Uh, I would see him walking around. Uh, he would be near the broadcasting booth. My, my major, I mean, I was teaching in communications mm-hmm. um, over at Chicago State, so I was over in the broadcasting area a lot. So I got a chance to see him, but I didn't know he was Kanye West, quote right. unquote. And he was, he just was a younger kid. at the time. Yeah, he was a younger. He was young. And okay. He would be over there uh, running around. I'm not even sure if he was supposed to be there or not. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I would see him on occasion, and uh, he was just another student. Um, actually, wasn't a student. He was. I don't think he was even a student at Chicago State. But uh, and I don't know how old he was, but I would see him over there sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, just say, hey, you know, and he knew who I was as one of the professors. But right. that was about the extent of our relationship. Yeah. So that's yeah. a, it's such a small world. That's crazy. Yes, that, it like, is. Someone you didn't even know that it would be Kanye West that's, when, it, that's when it is. 100 percent true. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So you've been coaching for um, 21 years, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then so in June 2016, you were inducted into the Illinois Skyway Collegiate Conference Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. How did that feel for you? Um, it it was just a sign of some of the accomplishments that the program had had made, mm-hmm. you know, and. I do. I literally sincerely give all the credit to the young women that were playing and giving all that they have. Right. You know, it's funny how coaches can get kind of arrogant sometimes. You know, when when you win, you know, you take credit for it. When you lose, it's the player's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get beat up by my fellow coaches when I say this. I think sometimes coaching is a little overrated. Uh, as far as if, when you have a good team, you tend to win. When you have talented players, when you don't have talented players, well. Sometimes you can't coach your way out of that. Right. So a lot of the respect goes to the players that put in the work to get better and so forth. You know, and I think a good coach's job is just to keep everybody together, keep everybody unified, playing as one, and put uh, put the team in the best possible position to win. So I'm not saying coaching is not important. I'm just saying sometimes I think it's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. And when I became when I when I was inducted to the Hall of Fame, I, I acknowledged the players because those players are the ones that did it. You know, some of them came in and need to work on skills. We worked on that. Um, so I take a little credit, but they had to follow through. Right. And I've had players that I tried to work with that didn't follow through, but a lot of the players do. So that's on them. They, they're they the ones who took the 
the onus within themselves to try to get better and to play within a team concept. And that's how we won. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, you were also inducted into the NJCAA Region 4 Hall of Fame mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, with COVID and everything, was there a ceremony for that, or how did that go? Well, there was um, there was a, a little small ceremony before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actually happened before the COVID season. Oh, so um, it was like right before? Yeah. Okay. And so we had a, a number of players. I'm still in, in good communication with the majority of my players that play all the way back from – 2000 2001 oh yeah that's amazing oh yes and uh facebook helps for us to keep that communication and we have a moraine valley women's basketball page and okay um my assistant coach kathleen zulovic was um very instrumental in getting some of these players to come in they came in to honor my was it my 20th season yeah it was my 20th season and to uh honor the hall of fame Mm -hmm. um induction and that was and I was glad they were there because they were the, they are the reason that I was inducted into the uh, the, the NJCA Region Four Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and it it just makes sense for those those young women to to come back and some of them travel from different states, um, got on airplanes and really? so forth. Yeah, I was extremely 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 touched, and uh, one of my mentors at McHenry County College, uh, Ken Rue, when I first came in as a coach. He told me that you can't go in expecting players to respect the things that you do for them. That's just not going to happen. And to some extent, I was feeling some of that. But when all of those young women responded the way they did, it was like a it was it made it all worth it. Right. Yeah. So it was it was probably more important. And it was it was it was more of a huge um uh, gesture by these young women to do that than what they what they realize. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great, and it kind of just shows like that you really had an impact on these people, and that yeah. they were able to travel and come back. That man, that probably man. meant so much to you. That meant a lot. And and to be honest with you, before that happened, I probably would have said, you know, hey, that would have been cool. But I, I I didn't realize how much it meant until it happened. Right. So that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you led the 2016-17 team to the NJCAA Division II Championship in Arkansas for the first time in your tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a second time in 2018-2019 where your team finished eighth in the country, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you and the rest of your coaching staff been able to build such an elite program here over the past 20-plus years? Time, um, relationships with high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Treating the players right, a lot of the players that come in, I, I get from former players, you know, that, that kind of helped me with do some of the recruiting. Um, and this is where I developed my theory that if you do things the right way, the, the key to longevity is doing things the right way and treating your players right. You know, even if you're hard on them sometimes, if they know that you have their best interest at heart, you know, they spread good vibes throughout the community. And so I've, I've received a lot of these players because of that. You know, uh, that that team was, well, it was dominated, dominated by two six-foot basketball players, mm-hmm. Aaron Drinan and Michelle Borgen, who've uh, made a lot of they, – they, they, they did a lot of good things at Moraine Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the rest of that team as well. You know, the point guard came in. It was – through uh, Diamond Dorch. She okay. broke the school record for assists that year. Uh, she came from, by word of mouth. 
Um, Aaron Drinan and Michelle Borgen had heard good things as well. You know, um, there was Krista Brill, who was a sharpshooter, um, the coach, uh, told me about her. Mm. You know, I had not had a chance to get out to see Oak Forest play. And, but the coach called me and said, I have a player for you. You know, and that just, when you're doing things the right way, people know you're doing things the right way. You mm-hmm. know, there develops some trust where um, you get players sometimes that maybe you wouldn't have gotten. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a culmination of, of all of that, getting some new respect from the coaches in the community and from former players, all of that plays a part. Right, yeah, that, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, in 21 years of coaching, is there a specific game or moment that would you, you you would say defines your career so far, or do you have like a favorite moment? Um, I would want to say the first regional championship, mm-hmm. uh, getting a chance to um, go to the national tournament was something that I had pushed for. I mean, we had won the conference. I, I was I'm not downplaying the conference championships, but we had won a number of conference cha- conference championships before that, but I was not able to break through uh, to the regional championship. And I had all kinds of excuses. Other teams had more scholarships and so forth. And some of it may have been legit, you know, but when we were able to break through, you know, that was the best, that was the the best experience that I can remember at this particular time, Mm because that was the first one. And Aaron Drinan had like 35 points and like 21 rebounds in that game and I was happy for her because she's one of the greatest kids I've ever coached mm-hmm. um, and so that whole experience was just a just a, a beautiful thing we won it again with, with another great group of young women but it was just the idea that that first one uh, that that's the one that that sticks to me uh, the most mm-hmm. so would you say that accomplishment in coaching has meant the most to you so far I would I would say so mm-hmm yeah, I, I would say just that that memory uh, of being able to, and we won the game. It wasn't really a close game. We won by like twenty points or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had time for it to soak in all through the midway through the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And I, you know, I was never a hundred percent sure the game was over until it was over. Mm-hmm. But I was able. It wasn't like it was a one or two point game. So I was able to sit back and think about all the previous years and how all of this led up to this moment and so forth so it's kind of like a weight off your shoulders yeah right? yeah it was just it was just it was it's a good memory that's awesome good memory, yeah um obviously this past year has been completely different than anything we've ever seen before um do you want to explain like some of the differences maybe and and the challenges you guys had to go through as a coaching staff and a team yeah there were some definite challenges um First of all, to get a chance to play, I have to give some kudos to uh, Bill Finn, the athletic director, who really, really worked hard to try to to, to push the season through. The season was canceled initially. Okay. And, um, and of course, the college is concerned. I mean, they don't want folks to get sick. They don't want um, things to go in a bad direction. So right. they were pretty conservative with that. And um, I was concerned, too. You know, um, actually, I'm probably considered a high risk person for COVID. And uh, that was something that I had some concern about. But I wanted these young women to have a, a season. You know, a lot of people underestimate, like, what some of these young women come here for. They want to go to four-year schools. They want to get exposure. They want to enjoy their experience. And mm-hmm. they came here a lot of times for basketball. And I have some pretty good students, student athletes on my team, so it's not like they're ignoring their academics. But basketball is a major, major thing that they're looking forward to. And it was canceled, and it was taken away from them. Right. Just like it was for a lot of the high school kids and other school uh, schools uh, had the same situation. 
And, but a few teams were still playing. A few teams made a decision to play, and Bill Fan kind of went to bat to get us a chance to, to actually play. Mm-hmm. And we didn't start off winning, and I wasn't expecting that. I was just happy that we were going to get a chance to get on the court right. and so forth. But I've had some very, very competitive young women on the basketball team, and they were, were not expecting losing. You yeah. know, we've had a pretty good – you know, we've been uh, blessed with a good winning tradition, and they were expecting to come in and win. They mm-hmm. thought they had talent. But some of these teams have been playing since August and September and October, and they had developed uh, a continuity uh, with practices and so forth, and, and we had not had that. We had two practices before the first game. Right. We had one play that we didn't even – that we didn't know. <laughs> you know, uh, our fast breaks were were horrendous. And, you know, defense was not where it needed to be. And those are things that I knew going into it. But I was just hoping we can get the experience. But the mm-hmm. losses started to add up a little bit. And we lost the first four games and to teams that we normally don't lose to. Right. And so that was becoming a problem. And But the girls wanted to fight to get better. And, and they did. And we uh, won three of the last four games, I believe. And. Uh, we feel good going into next year. We have most of those young women coming back for next year, and a that's, few, that's few freshmen coming in. Yeah, so it was it was a great experience. Uh, it's weird. Uh, one game, I mean, wearing masks on the sideline. I mean, everyone is going through the same experience, right? right. So, Moraine Valley is no different. But we we fought through it, and I think we still were able to get a lot of positive out of this season and and learn. And one thing I tell my team all the time: don't take this season for granted. I always say that. Like some of my older players may uh, remember me saying that because I will say it all the time. Don't take the season for granted. And, of course, the last time I said it, COVID came and we didn't have a season. So that's something that is very, very vivid now that we have an opportunity to to still play and Mm -hmm. not to take next season for granted, you know, that we come in and appreciate the moment. So despite the difficulties, were you happy with the way that the season turned out this year? Happy is a strong word. I would say I'm I'm content mm-hmm. with how the season turned out. I mean, we were wa- we wanted an opportunity to be in the playoffs, right? Get a chance to play, uh, to for, to go down to the national tournament. Uh, we still would have been at a major disadvantage because we really have not had time to develop as a team the way I normally would like. Mm-hmm. But you just want the opportunity, you know, to right. get a chance to go to the playoffs. But you at the same time you understand why. Things are the way they were. You have to be safe. You don't want to put folks in a bad situation. And we had two teams from our region not go go to nationals who were supposed to because of COVID. Morton um, College um, technically had won this year, and they had a COVID incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a week before that, Kankakee Community College had a COVID incident, and they couldn't play the semifinal game. So, I mean, things like that. Uh, happen and then that COVID is, is is real and it's dangerous and it yep. can spread around and so I get why Moraine was very conservative in, in this approach but you still want an opportunity when you coach and you compete you want an opportunity, opportunity to try to be the best right and uh, we didn't get that so happy is a strong word I would say I'm content that we were able to play and give the young women an experience right so for the um, the past 21 years you've been a coach here, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Um, as a professor, has it been the same? Have you been here for that long? or? So I was part-time in 94 to 2000, normally teaching about, you know, two to three classes uh, uh, per semester. Mm-hmm. But I was a full-time uh, 
instructor at Chicago State University, and I taught at Joliet Junior College as well for okay. a little bit for some classes. So, but in 2000, I was hired here uh, full time. So since 2000, I've been a full time professor here, and it's one of the best decisions that I made. I mean, I'm 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 really really happy at Moraine Valley. I think that we bring a lot of good things to the table for our faculty and for our students. You know, so it's just uh, it's been a, a very good experience. I, I love teaching. I mm-hmm. love being in the classroom. Uh, I think uh, I'm probably not as good of a teacher on uh, Zoom or WebEx or whatever. <laughs> no, you're great. <laughs> oh, thanks, from Personal yeah. experience. Yeah, that's nice of you to say <laughs> that. You know, but you know, I like to try to bring the classroom to life. Like, I want to have fun in the classroom. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me. I'm not really doing a job, you know. It's just it's something I get a chance to talk to minds with different ideas and different thoughts, and I learn, too, from the students, right. you know. Even if they are 18 or 19 years old, you know, you keep an open mind, you can still learn things. Right. So it's just been a great ride for me all the way from 94 to till now. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, meeting great young man like yourself who's going to be famous somewhere, <laughs> somehow. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, yeah, you've been a great teacher so far, oh, and, I, and you've you. done a really good job with mm-hmm. the uh, situation that we're in with Zoom and everything. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. No man. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, which of your teaching qualities would you say best translates between the classroom as well as on the court for your players? Um, the ability to, to, to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that I think that you should um, always strive for, no matter what you're doing. You know, um, and this is something that I even push to my my students. You gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta take care of take care of business, and you know, and and with coaching basketball, it's it's the same thing. And I always say that basketball is a microcosm for life, mm-hmm. but so is this classroom. You know, it, how you how you deal with different teachers. You may have one teacher who's very very connective you connected with the students then you have a teacher who's not as connected but they have a different style and for a student to be able and this is why getting a degree is so important i think to a lot of um, people who want to hire you is because you have to deal with different personalities different teachers different styles different things that happen in different classes dealing with your your classmates you know all of that plays a role and you getting your degree. And when you get your degree, it kind of says you were able to do that. You found a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way on the basketball court. Getting a chance to play, you have to deal with your teammates, you have to deal with a coach who doesn't always understand you and where you are and how you feel and how did you deal with that? You know, and that experience uh, of losing and winning, some people don't know how to win and some people don't know how to lose. Right. You know, and for me, that's, that's a learning experience and I and that's why this this is a sophomore league for uh, at the JUCO level because those those sophomores get a chance to go through some of that you know they get a chance to learn how to deal with when you've missed four shots in a row you're going to give up and quit you know that that kind of dictates what your personality is going to be right you have to find a way to overcome that mm-hmm. and for I for a lot of these athletes it's it could be the last time they play on a serious level like this so they really want to take some of these qualities with them for the rest of their lives. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Like I, I, I totally agree. And I also think that a number of people don't understand the skills that are developed through athletics, not just basketball. You know, you do have to get along with your, with your teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to put yourself in leadership positions. Sometimes you do have to learn how to follow. Sometimes, even if you're a team captain, sometimes somebody else has a different idea that may be effective. Right. You know, and 
I don't think a lot of people understand a lot of things that goes into being an athlete sometimes if you're not in, into sports. And it is a microcosm f- for life. It just is. And um, you have to learn confidence within yourself. A person taking a shot with no confidence is probably not going to hit it. Right. You know, but a person who is confident has a better chance to put the ball in the basket. I mean, that's just the nature of sports, dealing with things, winning, losing, becoming better as an individual, taking time to become better at your craft, all of those things. Like, you wanna, you're going to get better at what, you do, what you're doing right now. Right. You know, because you're going to look at things you probably follow and watch other folks and how they do things. And mm-hmm. you say, I like the way this is done. I don't like the way that's done. Right. And that's the part that helps to develop a person as an individual. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, with the um, confidence to take a shot, I feel like with sports in general, just the mental part is so neglected sometimes. And it, mm-hmm. it could be more important than the physical playing <laughs> itself because you see some athletes getting ruts like mentally and then they're just. Yeah, we talk about that voice in our class. Um, You know, when giving a speech, how that voice is 80% negative. Mm -hmm. It's the same. I use that example with basketball a lot of times because it's it's kind of the same type of approach. When you tell yourself you can't give a speech or that you're not good at something or that you're going to make mistakes, well, that's that that mindset is going to it's not going to work in your favor. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're at the free throw line taking two free throws and you're down one point. Is that voice telling you you're going to hit those two free throws and win the game? Or is that voice telling you, please don't miss these two free throws because right. you're going to lose the game? That concept works for the classroom and for the basketball court. Right, yeah, no doubt. And yeah. I've, I've had that in my life before, and, and mm-hmm. you just have to be confident. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what would you say is your absolute like favorite part about coaching, if you had to pick one thing? Seeing players move on and do great things and have families and uh, their careers are going in the direction they wanted to go mm-hmm. and when they come back and talk I mean that sounds minor but that's 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 huge for me mm-hmm. that's 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 what keeps me going actually that's what keeps me going and and I have to be careful because you you want to stay in the moment so you can have these experiences later with the current team you know you want to stay in the moment and so outside of that, just developing that relationship with the with the current players and helping them to learn how to deal with life and to deal with mis- mistakes and to deal with teammates and you know helping to develop minds. I mean, for me, that's that's extremely important. So that's great. Um, on the opposite end, would you mm-hmm. say you have like a least favorite part about coaching? Is there anything that you still maybe struggle with or don't look forward to? Referees. <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty common answer. <laughs> yeah. Ref- no, I mean, it's, it's not that. I mean, referees out there doing the best they can. Right. And, you know, you get into the game and you're emotional and, and you try to be objective when you're analyzing things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they're doing their job, too. I don't make all the right calls as a coach, right. you know, and players miss shots and referees miss calls, and that's just a part of the game. I'm being facetious to a certain extent, but uh, <laughs> laughing. What do they say on Facebook? LBVS laughing, but very serious. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's not – Exactly. I, mean, I would say some of the things, especially coaching at the JUCO level, is a little different. You know, there's a lot more responsibilities. Uh, I have to recruit from high schools. Mm-hmm. You know, but I also have to help my players go on to four-year schools. Right. So it's it's two times 
the amount of work. At a four-year school, you just recruit. Right. You know, uh, high school, you just coach and help your kids go on. You know, I'm sure there's probably some recruiting trying to get kids from seventh and eighth grade, but if you don't recruit at the JUCO level, you don't win. Right. You know, and that's the part I don't like. I, I do I do not enjoy recruiting. Never have. I don't like trying to convince somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Right. You know, I mean, like, I, I know that I try to do things the right way. I know Moraine Valley is a good school. I know it's a good option for some of these schools that are going to charge you thirty and $40,000. Right. But I also understand the stigma that that goes around going to a two-year school. That's, in my opinion, it's definitely not true for Moraine in a lot of cases, but I don't think it's really true for a lot of the JUCOs that are out there. But trying to fight through all of that and try to convince a young student athlete and the parents that this is the right place to be and – and they're seen in a different way. That's that's the part that's that's frustrating to me. That's one of the that's the part of the the coaching game that I do not enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I don't do it, that it, it, it is not going to spell success. Right. So. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But when I get them there, then I love them. You know. It's, exactly. It's just, yeah. Exactly. Do the best you can. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, between teaching and coaching, mm-hmm. would you say that you prefer one over the other, or do you? I mean, I'm sure you enjoy both of them, but if you had to pick, was, is there one that you would pick? I'm just, I'm, f- and I'm going to answer that question, but I feel like I've been a very, very lucky person because mm-hmm. all the three major, like being a part of the union is like extremely important to me. You know, I was in a situation where my first three years, um, the union was very, very effective. Uh, and I saw that, and I was a benefactor of, of some of the union work. And I said, I want to be able to help, you know, faculty coming in here as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what got me started into the union, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy working and developing a relationship with the administration, too. We are lucky to have a pretty good administration here at Moraine Valley. But uh, getting the chance to develop those relationships with uh, administration and help faculty, I enjoy that. I really enjoy being in the classroom. I enjoy teaching. It doesn't even feel like a job sometimes. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, and that's I, the goal, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I enjoy coaching. So, you know, my parents used to be worried that I was doing too much. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife was worried I was doing too much. She was like, you, you don't have any free time. You, but it's none of this really, really work, you know. Right. I mean, when I was in Human Resources, that was work, you know. And I was doing other things, that was work. But I don't feel like I'm working now. So when you ask that question, what's you know, if, if I won a lotto, I would still be interested in all three, you know. But you know, if I was able to, to coach full-time and have the security of coaching, um, that, that, would be, that would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a real good thing. Yeah. I would really enjoy that. That's great. I mean, yeah. it's great. I could tell you enjoy what you mm-hmm. do because, like, it, it just it rubs off on in the classroom for sure. Oh, no thank you, no thank problem. you. That's important. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked briefly about recruiting earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what qualities would you say that you look for in your players, maybe that you have now or when you are recruiting them? Character is mm-hmm. is number one. Like, like I see some players with talent. And if I see issues or concerns with character, I, I really don't recruit those players. Uh, and I tell my, my current players, too, that other coaches, I'm not the only one that thinks that way. You know, you want folks that are going to come to your institution with the right attitude, mm-hmm. you know, or at least open-minded to be able to learn and to develop as a, as a person. Uh, but character, to me, is more important than talent. And I've learned that kind of the hard way. 
You know, sometimes when I had to let some young student athletes go because of character issues that were very talented, you get nervous. You have a person that was a very productive member of your team, but things start to flow better. Every time I, every time that, that I'm forced to do that, uh, the team got better. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's not just about skill. It's about how you carry yourself. It's how you get along with your teammates. Um, you, a, a team, an open hand is not as powerful as a closed fist. Right. And when everyone is together, that's important. And a person that doesn't have a high level of character, that's that 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 hurts the whole process. And mm-hmm. the coach doesn't win. The 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 student athletes that are with that person doesn't win. So that's very important to me. Character is like first. Mm-hmm. And then when you're looking at skill, uh, I'm learning later in life that speed is major yeah yes speed is major and sometimes more important than size really yeah uh you still i guess out of instinct you still want you know the post player that's six three i mean right. you're always going to look for that but speed we started averaging close to 90 points a game um in the last three to four years that's incredible doing that. and it's mainly when i start looking for speed more than more than talent like talent's important don't get me wrong but speed is something that if you can get around the court in the women's game it may not be the same in the men's game but mm-hmm. i know in the women's game that's very very effective mm-hmm. that's so, great mm-hmm. yeah um kind of wrapping this up um what would if you had to pick one thing what is one of like what's the one most important thing that you want your athletes to take away once you're done coaching them be a good person okay just be a good person Mm -hmm. you know and be the best you can be i do have this philosophy that as far as we know we only have one life and you want to be the best that you can be in this life you want this experience to be the best you can be and live in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I, I, I mean, I know there was a whole bunch of little tidbits that was a part of that, but to me it's all one. You know, being the best person you can be, being a good person, and living in the moment. That's great. It's ex- mm-hmm. That's extremely inspirational. Yes, thank you. No problem. Um, if there are any younger, um, like, basketball players out there or just athletes in general, um, would you have any advice kind of for them looking to play at the next level or just advancing in their careers? I do. Um, the one thing that it's, it's kind of sometimes frustrating is that um, every year you have juniors and seniors who are looking to, to extend their, their athletic career mm-hmm. and they don't have enough of the information. Like do the research, open your minds up. There are a lot of different levels. You have the NCAA Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. You have uh, the NAIA Division One, Division Two, but you also have the NJCAA um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of options are out there. Some get so caught up in trying to be or go in one direction that they miss out on a lot of other opportunities that might be a better path. Mm-hmm. And some buy into some of the stigmas, especially with Juco basketball, that don't exist anymore. And sometimes it's a better path. Sometimes not going Juco is a better path for others. Mm-hmm. But it's just to find out what's out there, find out what your situation is, and then listen and try to learn from folks that have gone through that process before. You know, there you, you were a sophomore in high school, you have a friend that was a senior mm-hmm. to talk to that person to see what their experience has been so that maybe you can learn from what they've gone through. 
I know what I know the recruiting game. I understand. I've been doing it for a long time, and I I have a good idea who should go in what direction and what level. And I say a lot of most of the time, the student athlete and the parents are not going in that direction, and they could have had more uh, benefit from going in another direction. Mm-hmm. So, just to do your research. Do, do your research and, and recognize all the different levels out there and keep cost in mind and keep the type of coach right. that you're going to be playing for in mind. Right. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Definitely mm-hmm. when it comes to that, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that should do it, honestly. Do, okay. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, especially on the short notice. Um, mm-hmm. This was great conversation. Oh, uh, great insight. Um you could find this episode on Moraine Valley's library page. It will also be posted on the glacier. Um, thanks again, Mr. Jones, for joining Ethan, me. Ethan, you're one of the best. I've been doing it for a long time, Ethan. I've said this. I've said this to you before. You're one of the best out that, that I've seen here at this school. So, thank you so man, much. I'm honored to be a part of this. Thank, thank you. you so much. I'm mm-hmm. honored to have you on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. You got it.